Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode number nine of the Got UIU podcast. Uh, today with me, I have my co-host, as always, UIU Drew. And then we have a very, very, very special guest. It's our IGL, or in-game leader, from our PUBG mobile team, Jag. Um, the team recently you know, qualified for NA Finals, which is awesome. Those mm-hmm. start um, on Friday, October mm-hmm. 29th. Um, so whenever you watch this, you can go back and watch the VOD. Or if you watch this before the event starts, you can obviously tune in and, and check the team out. So, yeah, um, I'm not going to start it at NA Finals for today. Uh, we're going to take it back a little bit and talk about your early career and your life outside of gaming. And then we'll kind of get into the to the stuff about NA Finals and stuff of that of that sort. That so. good. Obviously, everybody watching this podcast probably is familiar with you as a PUBG Mobile pro, but I want to know a little bit more about JAG outside of PUBG Mobile. Do you have another job? What what's are some hobbies you have outside of gaming and, and stuff like that? Yeah, so I have a full-time job, actually. I, um, I work as a college golf coach, um, and so I've been doing that. This is I'm in my third year right now doing that and before that i played golf professionally for a little while and then played music on the side to kind of make a little bit of money so that's what i do during the day and then log on and play PUBG at night so that's awesome that's very cool like what kind of music are you are you into? um i usually play for my church um is what i usually play for and so i did i did that for about a year and a half before i moved over to where I'm at now and started coaching golf. Very cool. Very cool. That's very unique. A lot of like (laughs) people outside of like, I know, you know, PUBG mobile as an esport is kind of new, but a lot of times, a lot of the guests we have on here are like, just all they do is play their game professionally. They don't necessarily (laughs) like their, their schedules like, Oh, I get up 2 PM and play. (laughs) And then I go to sleep and I repeat. You know, so that's very no, unique. No, definitely not. Yeah. No, I get up at like 5.30 a.m. every day and go to work. And I get back in about 5 p.m., 6 p.m., depending on the day. And then I got about an hour to eat, shower, get set for before scrims and stuff starts. So it's definitely a, a full day before I even get online for PUBG. When did you start uh, playing golf? Like how early of an age? Um, I started playing golf competitive competitively when I was about 10, 10 years old. Wow. So I've been playing for 15 years. I played through high school, college, and then a little bit after college. So it's awesome. Yeah. That's really, really cool. Yeah. So how did PUBG Mobile find its way into this life of yours? You know, when did you start playing? When did your competitive career start? You know, like, was it <laughs> just casual at first and then you found the competitive scene or how did that go? Yeah, so it started off with one of my college teammates, actually. Um, He played PUBG Mobile just for fun um, while he was in class because he he was bored. He didn't have anything else to do, honestly. And so he was like, here, come play with me because we were in the same class together. And so I played just for fun, casually, um, for about a couple months. And then I figured out that, while there's actually a competitive scene to this. Why don't I see if I can find enough people, enough players to kind of get into that. So it started out completely casual, no plans of doing anything professionally at all. Basically, first first mobile game, I played uh, Rules of Survival for a little bit uh, and got pretty decent at that, and then hopped into PUBG just as an, another new game to play. And three years, two and a half years down the road, here, here we are. <laughs> so what, wait, sorry, what year was that? about um i guess that would have been 2018 because it was season two mm-hmm. of PUBG mobile so it had to be 2018 yeah did you ever play uh the other PUBG first the desktop one no no i i, I never played that one i watched it um uh-huh. the competitive scene of it before but i had never played so PUBG mobile was my first um actual introduction to PUBG, the, the player player battlegrounds uh, series yeah, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, I've obviously like watched a lot of like the the PC PUBG before. Yeah, yeah. But 
when obviously recently we got into PUBG Mobile and even a little bit before then I started watching the game and it's actually like crazy how differently it's it's played at like a pro level. Yes. Um, just it um, is very different. <laughs> yeah. And that that's like what really caught my eye and I really enjoy watching PUBG Mobile. Both of them have their strengths obviously, mm -hmm. but Agreed. PUBG Mobile is very like it seems like it's fast paced and like that like the last circles like chaos like i've seen people like driving yeah. cars into each other and like crazy <laughs> stuff yep yeah. yeah no it's it's um it's definitely more fast paced and more i guess it's a lot more fighting as far as like cqc um close combat fighting um the mobile stuff you're more dmrs fighting for, for positioning and the mobile you can just take a car right up to someone's compound and not really get us punished for it and so you you see that a lot more than kind of the long-range battles of pc in yeah. my opinion at least yeah so obviously you know with with the uiu fans they're probably mm -hmm. you know more apt to know the pc titles and and kind of their background yeah. but i'm really interested mm -hmm. about PUBG mobile in specific obviously so mm -hmm. since the time you started playing and competing um to where we are now um how is like the mm -hmm. competitive scene developed and what like key turning points i guess were there during during the time periods like whether tencent made changes or new organizations or something along those lines that kind of led us to where we are today mm -hmm. you know yeah so that because i started before i started playing PUBG before there's any kind of competitive scene in it um everyone just rank grinded you were just a rank grinder um and about season four they hosted a big tournament for or season three or four. I don't remember exactly. They hosted a big tournament for their streamers. So this is early 2019, late 2018. I don't, I don't know for sure. Um, they hosted a big tournament for streamers, um, for some of their YouTubers and stuff. And that kind of kicked off the um, competitive scene. And But there wasn't anything really for a couple months after that. And so actually I hosted tournaments myself for a little while, pay-to-play tournaments, um, a couple of the other players in the community at the time hosted tournaments um, i know seven worlds gaming was he's uh, casting the pm pmpl right now and he was one who would host tournaments as well um so there's a bunch of different just not really tencent um pubg mobile events just third party people who just enjoyed the game just hosting events and then closer into i guess mid late 2019 um, Online Arcade came in, they were a streaming platform, came in and hosted two big uh, events. And then finally, Tencent came in and host, started hosting PMCOs and what we're playing nowadays. So the scene itself has grown tremendously. Um, we went from just regular players hosting tournaments to the company itself hosting huge worldwide events and the matter of what three years so it's i've seen just tremendous growth of this game and hopefully we will continue to see more of that um so that's kind of where it's come from and to where it's at now yeah that's so when you guys uh started hosting tournaments mm -hmm. what was kind of the way you guys found each other did you just know kind of <laughs> who the top players are or how? yeah so i played with a bunch of uh uh, the top players just from rank grinding just competing in classics and stuff but i hosted i put it out on um a website's called tournaments with two o's um and that was kind of where i found the base of my people who played in them and just created a discord and it just kind of grew from i had my first one i think i had 12 people compete um pay to play or yeah pay to play and then cash prize put out after based on the amount of people that were playing and then i think the last couple i was hosting we had squads and about 64 people 64 players so i mean it, it really grew into something and then from that i turned it into scrims once the um actual tournament started coming up and people didn't want to pay to play anymore because there were sponsors with cash prizes and so there's no reason to so I just turned them into scrims and then once I joined Courtney at Accelerate, I kind of gave up all that and left that over to her and just started just focusing just on the competitive aspect of it. That's awesome. So yeah. when did the Accelerate, um, I guess, team form? What oh. year was that? That had to have been pretty early on. So that was 2020. So I was on my first team in 
2018, 2019 was with the team I created. And then I stopped for a couple months to move to my new job. And when I came back, a bunch of my play or my teammates at the time had moved over to play at Accelerate. And so that's when I went and joined them once I got settled in with my job and my move and all that. And so I just went and joined the same guys I was playing with before, plus Trey, who's on my team now, and then just kind of hopped in on that team. Awesome, awesome. So not many roster changes over over the time. I think, you know, you named, obviously, like you came back and were with the same people. How many roster changes yeah. were there in total since that time to now? So since I started, I have, I usually keep the same guys around for a, a long time. That's kind of been my, my thing that I've enjoyed. Uh, so I had the base three players on my team for a year and a half. Um, and then once we went to Accelerate, we picked up Trey, and he's with, been with me since then. And so we had the, the two of us, and then we picked up Salt and Nemesis, I'm trying to think, before this PMCO, basically. And so they've been around for four or five months now. And so we've had the same, basically the same group for about that long um, and bring in a guy here and there, Blinky and uh, Kura joined us in the last couple months yeah that's like so, a even four to five months in terms of like other <laughs> esports that i manage and yes. drew manages as well is four years in esports time, time. Yeah. yeah and then trey and i have been together for like a year and a half two years now so that's that's almost unheard of <laughs> from what i've seen <laughs> yeah so you, you noted that you like to have your team stay together you know yes. and yeah in other esports, like I said, that's not necessarily like common. What is your kind of mindset behind that? Is it just team chemistry, or is it something something more than that? You know, like what's behind what's behind that? Because it's easy, oh. it's very easy to not do very well in a tournament. You're like, oh, that guy did really well. I'm sure he would be great on our team. He'll be better. Yeah. yeah. No, um, I I don't. In the world of mobile gaming, I'm a little old, older, and so I don't like to deal with toxic people and that that's what it comes down to so i'm not going to go and pick up people who i don't want to be around for hours a day after i've just worked a 12 hour 12 hour day i'm just not um, and so that's what it comes down to and team chemistry is a big part of that as well um you get guys who you enjoy playing with you feel like you can get better with and compete with and so those are the guys i just rather stay around um even if that means working a little bit harder on certain areas of the game if say some Someone's not as good with map awareness or with gun skill or whatever. Just putting in a couple extra hours with them just to so that they become better and not have to just go and look for a whole new person and have to get them into what we do, what we don't do, uh, and that kind of stuff. And so I just rather keep the same people around and just kind of let them learn slowly. That's like a more of a player development strategy, right? Yeah. Do you think, yeah, do you think any of that comes from you actually being a uh, coach in a, you know. I haven't thought about that before, but that is actually very possible. Um, now that you say that, um, yeah, I can definitely see that 100%. And then is that, are you guys kind of di different or from the other teams? Like, is there quite a few roster changes amongst other teams yes. or, yeah? Yes. With, with most of the teams, like, there's three or four teams who have been together about the length that. My, our team has been together, UIU team. But as a whole, after big tournaments, roster changes just run wild. I mean, people are trying to pick up new players. Um, they're getting rid of old players who they didn't like being around. And so after this PMPL, there will be 12 new rosters in, in it next year. Like, it's just how it, that's just how it is in the PUBG mobile scene. Yeah, that's, that's very much so what coming across most esports <laughs> yeah what well, we're used to seeing and and you know with your mindset you can only imagine right mm -hmm. like sticking together granted some of these teams might get better that's a possibility you know making yeah. changes like that is a possibility i mean it happens mm -hmm. like i say in other games like people make changes and they go from top 16 to top four it happens yep. but there's mm -hmm. also something to be said about working through the problems and what even yeah. if they're not problems, they might not be problems. They might just be like miscommunications or something's 
somebody's mm. on the wrong page or, or something like that, right? And there's yeah. some, like I said, there's something to be said about working through that because at the end of the day, like, you guys are developing chemistry doing that, right? So that's... Exactly. And it's just, it's just what it is is maturing as a team. And I, I just really, once you've matured with a team for, for over a couple months and then you win and it pays off, it really, in my opinion, just, it feels better honestly, because, you know, you put in a lot of hard work with the same guys over a good period of time, and that paid off. Um, so that's something I enjoy, personally. Yeah, um, that's really cool. So as I said at the beginning of, of this all, um, you are the IGL of the team. Mm -hmm. So what does that entail for people that might not know? When you guys go in and you're talking mm -hmm. about you know, fixing some of these issues or whatever the case may be in game, like working on yeah. somebody's game knowledge. How is that, you know, how does your role transfer over to, to doing something like that? How do, how do you op operate in game? Do you play around that? Do you play to their strengths or what exactly does that entail? Yeah. So uh, for example, for the IGL in game, just for m most at least the PUBG mobile uh, and PUBG scene, it's you're doing a lot more positioning of your players, a lot more of, okay, this is the rotation we're making, this is where we're landing, and we'll have a co-IGL, which is Salt. Um, and when I'm not around, he is the IGL. Uh, he'll step up and be the IGL. Um, and so it's, it's more positioning your players where they need to be and being an overwatch for them. Because in my case, at least, and in... A lot of IGL cases, you're not going to be the strongest um, CQC, so close core combat um, player on the team. And so you want to put your other players, your fraggers and your support players, in a position to get um, points, kills. Um, and so that's what basically my job is, is to put the team in winning positions or at least give them a fighting chance, like if we get hard shifted with zones put them in a position where they can at least fight their way out of it instead of just driving in, dying, finishing bottom of the pack. Um, so that's kind of the IGL's job. And so you're, based, you're, you're the brain of the operation and they're the muscle, per se. <laughs> that's really cool, yeah. So do you guys work with, with like a coach or how do you um, yeah. prepare and how do you look over your, your mistakes and, and stuff like that? So in between whether it's Super Weekend going into Pro League, like mm -hmm. League Play, or if it's League Play going into Super Weekend, kind of what does that look like for a team? Yeah, so for me, um, I do, especially during League Play going into the Super Weekends, um, a lot of odd review. Um, so where are teams dropping on the map based on the plane path? And then where where is their first rotation based on the first circle? Um, usually that's as deep as I go because once you get into second, third zones uh, and on with these teams, they're gonna more they're more likely to get into fights and which is gonna change their rotation strategy. Um, so if you can get where they're gonna be first zone, um, based on the plane path and then the first circle, then usually you can have an idea of where they're going to rotate around the map based on the other teams in the lobby. So I do a lot of odd review, and so after we get done with league play, we'll have 15 games to watch back, and so I'll watch back all 15, um, all 15 games, and just see where people are, um, or at least watch the first three, four zones, and just see where people have rotated, what their positioning is, and what they're trying to do if they get hard shifted. What they're if they're staying on um, a soft shift, or if the zone's coming to them, if they're going to stay in that position or try to move out. And so I do a lot of that. Um, and then while we're in the tournaments, like yesterday, for example, um, we had a AEL, which is the South American teams and the North American teams coming together for a big tournament. So during the tournament, the team was together. Two of them had recorded the game, and so they were watching back that footage because they had made a mistake during that game and they wanted to see what they could have done different. And so it's a little bit of both of that. And we do have a coach as well who will watch back our recorded games or someone streaming scrims, he'll watch those scrims and they'll just, he'll just kind of give us a list of this is what was good, this is what needs work, um, and that kind of stuff. Very cool, very cool. It's probably really helpful to have like that resource yeah. in the pro league. Does every, sure. does every pro league team pretty much have that? Um, 
Um, Resource most or no? Of them, most of them have a coach or someone who watches back their VODs, um, but some of them don't. Um, you'll see most of the teams at the top will, will 100% have a coach or have someone on the team who acts in a position of a coach. Mm. So gets the VODs from the different teammates. Um, this is what you've done good. This is what you've done wrong. This is what we're going to work on as a team, that kind of stuff. Okay. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So, yeah. you know, we're talking a lot about preparation and getting better mm -hmm. and stuff like that. But one of the biggest things that I've learned in esports through my own personal journey and working with a bunch of different, you know, wonderful players throughout throughout my yeah. career is one of the, the the most important thing is the hardships you go through, right? So, <laughs> yeah. Um, what are some of the like the the hardships in your career that kind of like in a way helped you get to the point you are now is it taking a break or is it some sort of roster change is it coming into the pmpl because that's a good mm -hmm. thing but it could be a hardship you know to, to go out there and you know compete at that level yeah. um the, getting to the pmpl wasn't really because i mean it took us i don't even know four three seasons to get to the finals or the pmpl um because we made it to we missed PMCO one year, made made it through the qualifying to get into PMCO, and were kind of favored to do well, didn't make it, and then came into this year with kind of more of a, okay, we know what it's like, we know what we're supposed to do, and then we won the PMCO, finished top five PMCO finals, and then made it to PMPL. So we were, we were more than ready, <laughs> more than ready to be at that level and compete at that level because we had just put in so much work over the last couple seasons just to fall short and so once we got here this year we were like okay let's go um we're ready to be here we've put in more than enough hours to be here and so we're, we were ready to get it um the hardest thing for my career was probably last i guess it was last season i don't know last season or the season before both seasons we fell short um by just a couple points and it was really tough to kind of pick yourself back up because you know you got to wait a whole nother, I don't even know, what is it, four months before before your next chance at really uh, the top-level tournaments. And so that was really tough to just continue grinding in scrims and then some of the smaller tournaments and just waiting for your next opportunity, basically. So. Yeah. What kind of, like, was it just love of the game or what kind of kept you going, you know, because... A lot of guys that I've worked with, you know, um, on like an amateur level, which you guys were at the mm -hmm. time, whenever, yeah. you know, they come so close and and um, don't make it, it's, you know, it's a lot easier to, to look the other way, you know, and be like, yeah. oh, it's fine, I'll play another game, or mm -hmm. I won't try as hard because, you know, people, you know, that'll mentally break, you know, that'll mentally yeah, break you sure. and stuff, so what kind of kept you going during that time? So for me, I love competing. Um, I've competed in sports just my whole life. And so there's not really any give up. <laughs> just being honest, there's not really any give up in me. Um, and so coming out of that background, and once I stopped playing golf, I needed something else that I can compete in. Um, and this was, this was a, something I was pretty good at. Um, I enjoyed. And so I didn't want to just because I didn't make it to the top that at that point, I didn't want to give up and I wanted to just see how far I could go. And just my love, just my competitive nature is really the reason I continued. And then the guys that have been playing around for a while, they were going to continue. And so I was like, if they're going to keep going, then I'm going to stick with them. Amazing. And I figure, <clears throat> sorry, I figure that going through a career in golf, mm -hmm. right. Through all the different levels. Yeah. I mean, that has to help, right, immensely, because that's yes, for right. sure. I mean, golf in particular is a game where it's or a sport where it's not just one game, right? It's a whole whole weekend season or four yep. four days, right? Four and days then, of it, yep. And then you could have an off day, of course, but there's always more to Still go. So, yeah, yeah, for sure. I imagine that that's a a real advantage, kind of. I think like you know anyone who's competed in things mm -hmm. outside of video games, and then comes into esports video games has that kind of other perspectives to bring to it and i yeah, yeah i imagine that that i mean you've been doing it since you were 10 you said right so yeah that's yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah no i definitely think that had, had a, that was a big help for me yeah. um 
just having just some work ethic from that um, to bring over into the esports industry, and then having competed at a high level as far as just like you're doing something different, um, but it's still you know how to calm your nerves, you know how to just focus in when you need to and that kind of stuff. And so you're not coming in with just okay, what do I do now that I'm actually playing under pressure against really good players? Yeah, because um, I've done that before just in a different way, um, right. and now I can take some of those same just the fundamentals of it and then bring it over into esports. No, I, I agree. I think that did help some. Yeah. And even like going into a tournament like NA finals, it is Friday, yeah. Saturday, Sunday, you go back to golf, you know, the, the multiple the days <laughs> events, like that's, mm -hmm. that's a direct, you know, correlation right there. Direct correlation between and, the two. Yeah, for sure. And Drew was, yeah. Drew was talking about like how you can afford a bad day. Obviously nobody wants a bad day, but yeah. That's when, like, let's say you go out and do have one. That's when that experience mm -hmm. and kind of being there before can kind of help yeah. you, you know, and elevate you. And and mm -hmm. it can elevate your teammates because you be like, hey, man, like, we got to wake up tomorrow and do the same thing. Either you can roll you over can do the and... the same thing and just yeah. do better this time. Yeah, you can either roll over and quit or yeah. get up and go, you know. Like, obviously mm -hmm. you want to get up and go because this is a, you know, you're in the pro league kind of thing, you <laughs> pro know. Leagues, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah i agree for sure for sure that's really that's really good insight and i think you know like having that direct correlation i could see it definitely helping at like a level like this yeah. like i've mentioned kind of like that being there before type of thing i'm sure it helps mm -hmm. having that level of calmness for the rest of the team right um yeah but i want to go back to like actually like getting the roster to qualify for this PMPL mm -hmm. season, finally, right? Like you picked up two new players. Mm -hmm. How did you exactly find those players? And kind of where was the, I guess, motivation to, to pick them up? How did you know that that's who you wanted for this team? Yeah, so we had, um, after we qualified for PMCO last season um, and missed the PMCO finals, um, two of our guys step back they were like okay we're gonna we're probably done this was the last last go around for us and we we're like all right you know what that's good uh trey and i stuck around and trey and salt were on a team together back in season like five six i don't even know of PUBG mobile so this was back 2019 time um and they were on a team together and nemesis was on the team with them as well or he was good friends with them as well. So we picked up, I don't remember who we picked up first, but we picked up one of them. Um, I think saw with Trey uh, since they're friends. And then Nemesis came along after, I think is how it went. Or vice versa. I don't remember. But both of them had played in PMPLs previously um, and had done really well with their with their respective teams. And so once they had left, their, their teams disbanded. Um, and so once that happened, Trey was like, hey, this this guy's really good. We need to, we need to grab him. And so we picked salt up and then nemesis also came and joined because he was one of the top fraggers on his team, um, in PMPL. And so we were like, well, we couldn't have two better players. We need, we don't have any PMPL experience ourselves, Trey and I at the time. And so we were like, well, we need to get in some guys who do have that experience since, um, Asazuki and Cypher had retired at that time. And so that's kind of how we went about picking them up. Two guys with really good experience had, top frag on both the teams that they were at and that's what we were looking for yeah so when you're putting together roster how much it, of it is kind of roles like like you explained there for me that that is very very important um because in the state of in pubg mobile with the state of the game that it's at you don't need three people who run dmrs for example mm -hmm. um because that's there's too much uh, CQC. There's too much close quarter combat in the game the way it is. And if you don't have a couple guys running either SMGs or 7.62 ARs, you're going to kind of get run over um, because there are going to be other teams who have four. <laughs> and so oh, really? when, I, when, I, when <laughs> I'm putting together a team, I do really make sure that the roles um, gel well. Everyone can kind of work together and we have the right equipment per se in order to do that very interesting to think about matters. yeah that's very interesting to think about 
because a lot of games were like, all right, we'll just get uh, four people that can kill and we'll call it a day. And we'll be good. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's very refreshing, and I like that a lot. You know, like, mm-hmm. I like it when, like, you can have, like, a set, like, role on the team. Like, you're looking yeah. to do a specific thing. Like, whether you're on a DMR, you know, mm-hmm. you're longer range, right? So, yeah. or if you're running something else like CQC, like you like you know, mentioned, you know that you're, you got to be more aggressive, right? You can't yeah. be caught you know lacking a distance. Is. Yeah. Yep, exactly, so. exactly. And so that's kind of what, that's also what we looked for when we were picking up the team. And so, and then someone with, some kind of IGLing experience because this is Asuzuki um, was the co-IGL before he left, so we needed somebody who could come in and kind of pick up that role. And Salt's been able to do that really well. Um, he's come in and been able to be a co-IGL, and now IGL when I'm not around and do a really good job at that. So, yeah. So going from like just PMCO and some other tournaments. Mm-hmm. The preparation for that, I would assume, is is different than when you're preparing to yeah. go against Ghost X at nights. Um, yeah. From an outsider perspective, can you can you talk about that? You know, like coming into this season after, like, the, you got the first week out of the way, where you guys mm-hmm. like, okay, we have to prepare different, or is it kind of just like we want to play our own game no matter what? So, starting with just the PMCO, um, we were a good ways ahead of all the other teams in PMCO, um, just honestly. Um, we could ro- out-rotate them um, all day, and that's just what we did. We just put ourselves in better positions than all the other teams in PMCO. Um, same thing with PMCO finals for the most part. Um, still finishing top five there just because we could out-rotate them. You move into PMPL, um, and especially PMPL finals, which start this weekend, every team here knows how to rotate. Um, so more than anything, you have to learn an aggressive play style and learn how to, all right, when do I take a fight? When do I rotate? Um, wh- when will there actually be space open in this zone for me to rotate? Zone three, zone four, zone five. Um, and so we really, PMCO was kind of a, not too difficult for us. We did our VOD reviews um, and that kind of stuff. But once we, get in, once we got into PMPL, it was like, okay. We really have to zone in on how much we fight because we have we're gonna have to fight a lot more against these teams because they're already gonna be in zone. Uh, if we get hard shifted, they're already gonna be set up in positions. So we need to figure out how do we move them out of that positions and take it from them, basically. Um, and so yeah, it was very different um, preparing from PMCO based on PMPO or or PMPO, yeah. Yeah, as I would imagine so. So when you're preparing for, let's say, you're preparing for a pro league match or you're preparing for mm-hmm. a super weekend, and you're, yeah. you know, you talked a little bit about, like, knowing people's drop spots and stuff like yeah. that. Um, is it common practice to, like, not drop on a team and, like, that you think you're better than and, like, try to beat, like, gun them down? Or is it, like, you're going to just find your own space on the map and work from there, mm-hmm. you know? Um, since it seems pretty set from team to team, like yeah. So most of the PMPL teams now, because we before PMPL even started, we had about three weeks of scrimmages together. So all the drop spot, all the fighting on the drop for the drop spots was pretty much done then. Um, our drop spots were already set. Um, we didn't really have anyone contesting us too much for ours. Um, we've been dropping the same spot for. I guess a year now, <laughs> or at least I have. Um, and so that didn't change too much. Um, there are teams who will drop on each other um, based on, okay, you know what, I think I'm better than you. And so either you fight us for the spot or you leave. Um, and so that does happen some, and I think we will see some of that in the PMPL finals, um, or at least there's been talk of it in mm-hmm. the uh, discourse. We'll see if it actually happens. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. It's kind of <laughs> like, yeah. I noticed that some some of that stuff like started happening where like teams were not necessarily like landing on each other, but they were kind of like chasing down the bottom teams, right? And oh, trying yeah. to get kills oh, and stuff yeah. like that. So yeah. very interesting. It's kind of like a cat and mouse game when it comes to that, you know? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. you're going to pounce on the opportunity. Like if you know that a bottom mm-hmm. team's landing next to you, are you going to just chase them down? Hey, we're, we're better than mm-hmm. you. I don't care what your loot is. We're going to take <laughs> yeah. you out or, you Pretty know? Much. Yeah, yeah, no, it definitely happens, especially once you start looking like to the final couple games. 
of Super Weekend or the final couple games of league play, you definitely see some of the top teams or some of the even some of the middle teams chasing down the bottom teams that they don't want to qualify because they have similar drop spots or drop near each other. Mm-hmm. And so once you come into those last couple of games, you'll definitely see some of that, especially for league play. That's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. So, um, just about the game in general. I know we're talking about drop yeah. spots, which is obviously, a, I assume to be at least not obviously, but a, a major fundamental in mm-hmm. PUBG Mobile esports. What are some like, from your experience, what are some other like the major fundamentals that you could tell to like somebody that aspires to be in the PMPL like you one day? Like, what are some must-know things to study? Is it drop spots, loot, like other teams' rotations? What What do you think that these people should be looking at to improve their game? Step one and two. Yeah. Um, step one is definitely once because when you're in the beginning stages of PUBG Mobile career, drop spots don't matter as much. Um, you're really looking for how do you fight as a team? Like, what are your comms like? So how can you direct each other in team fights? Um, because if you can't team fight with the people you have on your team, you're, you're going to be no good. Um, so that's the first fundamental. How do you fight together as a team? Do you, com- do you have good communication skills with your teammates or not? Um, and then after that, it's learning the um, power positions, or that's what I call them, um, on each map. Um, so where can you position yourself that it's hard for people to push you? Um, it's easy to have sightlines and get uh, kills from those sightlines and easy to rotate from there. So those are what I would consider some of the basic just fundamentals of the game other than just how does the zones close? How do the guns work? Which ones do you want? Um, that kind of stuff. But so definitely like team communication is a huge part, especially as you get up into the ranks of PUBG Mobile and just where you position yourself in each map. Awesome. Yeah. I that that's very good insight. Like I'd assume like as as years go on and even as, you know, this this specific year and next year go on that mm-hmm. there's yeah. going to be a, a keep influxing of players that are playing mm-hmm. PUBG Mobile and hopefully competitively too, right? So yeah. um yeah, like I I noticed that there's even like you guys have specific skins for the pro league players and stuff yeah, like that. That's yeah. very cool. Hopefully mm-hmm. one day there'll be org skins. That'd be very cool. But that's like, what we're hoping for. <laughs> yeah. 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 That I think that'd be super sick. You know, it would, um, it would be, and it really, it would give not only the orgs more reason to join the mobile scene, but it would also give Tencent more ways to make money. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> give the orgs more way to make money. Cause that's the reason that a lot of, Orgs don't aren't joining the PUBG mobile scene because they have no way to monetize themselves being in it at the moment, other than just okay, your players are making money, you're getting your your logos out there a lot and that kind of stuff. And so that's a different subject, though. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, but it's still valid. I think you know, um, going forward, like that that'd be like cool. You know, like we want to make ten cents mm-hmm. some money. It's not just about us. It's not just about you. Yeah. They do a lot for the scene, so. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sure, you know, yeah. we'll have to run that up the chain of communication, but I'm sure they'd love to hear that. Um, yes, we, we have. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I want to, like, talk about the UIU team in specific, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, and this question is actually one from our wonderful manager, Courtney, <laughs> who wants you to explain what are what is a fun fact about everyone on the team that <laughs> that people might not know? And I heard somebody I doesn't have the know. best driving skills. Nemesis is a horrible driver. <laughs> um, <laughs> we 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 don't because sometimes in the, when where we drop, we we'll only get like two or three cars, and so we'll just put Nemesis in the passenger seat or just let him <laughs> drive alone because no one will drive with him. At Portray, every time he got in the buggy with Nim, Nemesis in the league play, he died. Um, it was like three for three. <laughs> three for three getting killed because Nim was driving a buggy. Um, yeah, so Nemesis is an awful driver. Um, God. I don't even know. Ah, fun facts. This is tough. From your perspective, it could be about gameplay. It could be about anything hmm blinky i don't really know what blinky well enough but supposedly he 
he talks a lot, but we we still haven't seen it because he came from a couple of guys that we knew um, as a sub at the time, and he's super quiet. But when he says something, it's it's usually off the cuff and hilarious. Um, so when when he speaks, it's 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 funny. But he he doesn't talk a lot. Uh, Kura, great, super hard worker. I uh, love Kura. Um, he's I don't know. He's shy. He's he's very shy before, and then when you get to meet him. He, he's kind of like Blinky. He talks a lot. You um, unlock well, a Blinky beast. Yeah. yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, salt. Salt. I don't know Salt too well. Salt's a simp. Um, <laughs> you're welcome, Salt. <laughs> That's my best fact about Salt. That is hilarious. That's my best fact about Salt. Um, I don't know. Great gun skill. Uh, he's got some of the best mechanics I've ever seen. Um, at least I've played with. Um, there's something positive. Um, Trey, Trey actually, um, he plays college basketball. Oh, really? Uh, so yeah, so yep, he he plays basketball down, and where he's from in Jamaica, and so ever since COVID happened, it's been a little more difficult for him to do that. But he he played he plays collegiate basketball. So yeah, so he's that's another cool. athlete on the team. Maybe that's maybe why we uh we've been together so long, two athletes. <laughs> that's actually a very very good fun fact. Wow, yeah. like. He's a baller. That's super cool. Yeah, he is. He is. That's wow. I don't, have, I don't have too many good fun facts about people. No, but that <laughs> those were good. Those were good, and that'll make Courtney happy that you that you answered that question. So, um, well, first, well, I'll just ask you this: like after all these years, and all, every time, like you've tried to make it, how does it feel knowing that tomorrow? You're going to compete in the PUBG Mobile NA Finals as a team. Yeah, it's it's really good. It makes basically all the hard work pretty much worth it because um, <clears throat> we put in a lot of hours as a team trying to get here and to finally make it. It's it feels really good, um, and it means a lot. Just that it wasn't it wouldn't have been for nothing anyway because I would we would have grown together, competed. Um, had something to do, especially through these crazy last couple of years. And mm. but to make it this far and to say that we are the top sixteen team of the top sixteen teams in North America is something very, very neat, and that not many people can say. Out of the hundreds of thousands of maybe millions of people who play PUBG Mobile in North America, that we can say that we're top part of that top sixteen teams, and so that's really really cool to me. Yeah, what's uh, what's the goal going into the weekend? Obviously, the goal is is probably to win, but the yeah, broader yeah. like, what are you looking to get out of this? Is it moving on to the next stage more than anything, or yes, is it and, just the regular improvement? Um, regular improvement's always good, but the goal is to kind of move on to the next stage, which is um, PMPL Americas. I think is what it's called. I think it's yeah. top. I don't remember if it's top six. I don't remember the exact number. I think it but, might be um, five. I'm yeah, five sure. or six. I don't remember yeah. exactly. But that that is that is the goal. Um, Salt's team last year made it uh, to they were top five and made oh, it wow. to the PMPL Americas, and so that going into this, that is our goal: um, get top five. And building up to that, our goal was to all right, we're going to improve mechanics, team communication, uh, team fights, and that kind of stuff. And now the goal is okay, we put in that work. Now we're going to go get top five. And that doesn't come in one game. It's going to be over three days. So it's going to be a grind. And we're going to have to overcome some stuff probably in that process. But the goal is definitely top five. Yeah. And, of course, win. Win yeah. first, if not top five. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Winning first would be super cool, I'm sure, right? Yes. Like, that would be crazy. Yes. But um, That would be. <laughs> yeah, so you're talking about, like, things that, that – before going into NA finals, like you're talking about improving mechanics, obviously for like PC games and people that watch this later, will see I'm holding my mouse right now. They do aim labs and stuff uh, to like yeah. work on like aim, like they're just mm -hmm. mouse aim, right? Like what yeah, are some yeah. things that, that you guys do throughout the year to like work on specifically like mechanics in game? Is it just yeah. reps or? It's a lot of reps. I mean, we, for a while there, we were playing, five, six, seven, eight scrims a day. Um, so seven PM scrims and then 10.30 PM scrims. 
And then outside of that, I know a lot of the guys do 1v1s and 2v2s. Um, and so you set up a, a match in game and a TDM, um, team deathmatch, and you can create rooms in that. And so they'll just spend hours just doing that, um, working on different things um, in those TDMs. And that's where a lot of the practice comes from, just running scrims and then running um, 2v2s and 1v1s. Because okay. there's no real aim labs that I've found that you can get the same sensitivity on PUBG Mobile as you can in the aim labs. So it's yeah. it's mostly just kind of you're just running through reps. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, when it comes to like working on rotations as a team and stuff like that, mm -hmm. I've always been interested yeah. in this. And this is a random question, but I'm sure okay. casual people or people that aren't familiar to PUBG Mobile probably have the mm -hmm. same question, but when you're rotating with a with a like a a car, is there like certain paths you have to take so you don't crash yes. or like yeah. well can you just go wherever you are so, like GTA style fly off a mountain? Like No, no, no. So <laughs> there are for me at least um for this PMPL um PMCO there are routes that you take with your car to be farther away from positions that people are most likely to hold. Um, so I know when we're rotating, because we land on mostly the east side of the east side of most of the maps. And so I know the path that we have to take to keep us away from where people could hold um, or within to where we're not driving right up on them to where they actually have to hit some pretty nasty shots in order to get us out of the vehicle. Um, so I have certain paths that I rotate down that keep us farther, far enough away from compounds that we can see if someone's in it or not in it, but also not die in the process of rotating by it. So yeah, there are 100% different directions that you have to rotate, different paths that you have to take in order to not just get lasered out of the vehicle <laughs> or hit a rock and die or something like that. <laughs> when when somebody shoots a tire on a car, you just like spin out or like, yeah. is it harder you, to control? You spin out, you get out of your vehicle and you lay down behind your vehicle and hope for the best. <laughs> Because <laughs> there's no, and put a smoke down as quickly as you can, and hope one of your teammates can come pick you up later. Because once, especially if you're riding a buggy, because buggy, the buggy is kind of the meta at the moment mm -hmm. for a lot of teams, because it's hard to shoot people out of the vehicle with a buggy, but it's easier to pop buggy tires. So what you see right now is a lot of people they'll just go for the tires of the buggy, and if you hit a back tire in a buggy, you just go zooming around in the circle. Hop out, put a smoke down, and hope you don't get beamed from the other side. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds That's basically great. how it is right now. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So, say you're taking your your buggy and you're on the rotation mm -hmm. route. Like, yeah. do you always like know if you're coming up like on it? What are how, how are some inf like ways that you get information that you're actually like pulling up on a team? And and if you do know, mm -hmm. like, what are some of the first things that you do? As you're like approaching, yeah. do you just ram the vehicle on the side of the wall? I've seen that before. But oh yeah, that happens a lot. So usually yeah. that's happening more like zone four or five, uh, when there will be nothing else open. So it's just like, okay, this compound center, it'll probably be a next zone. Let's just take a fight. And so they just send four, just full send into the compound and hope you win a team fight. And it's it's not a bad strategy if you have nowhere else you can go. Um, most of the time when we're looking like zones. One, two, you're still looking to rotate. You're driving up, looking to see if there's vehicles in there, looking to see if kind of people are peeking the windows, um, stuff like that, and just small small things that you can give away that there are people inside this building or on this hill or something. Um, most of the time, the vehicle is the dead giveaway uh, that someone is in there. Or you can just send a scout um, to circle around the compound. And if usually if you make one circle around it and no one shot at you, you're it's probably open. <laughs> and so you just will leave someone to overwatch just in case they're getting peeked from a window. You can possibly get a knock and then we'll, we'll push the compound. But yeah, there's definitely different things to look for while you're pulling up on compounds and seeing if stuff's open. Gotcha. Usually gotcha. Yeah. Usually vehicles are the dead giveaway and you can scope those out before you're pulling up most of the time. Cool, cool. Can you hear? Can you hear the vehicles too? I know. I... Oh yeah, oh yeah, for sure. Um, there, yeah. there was actually a glitch with they got a new skin, uh, Tesla skin in the game, and oh, when you were nice. driving it, when you were driving it, it was completely silent. So oh, because it's an electric car. Yeah, 
Yeah, what teams would do for a while is they would just put four in a Tesla yeah. and just full send like a compound, and you you wouldn't even hear them pull up until they were right there in your compound. And so they finally patched that, I guess, in PMC. They patched it because it was funny. awful. It, I mean, was, it, was, it was so bad. It was technically <laughs> accurate, right? It was technically accurate, yeah, but then they got so many complaints from people like, we can't even hear the Tesla pulling up. What are we supposed to do? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> so that's actually a little bit of noise. It was, I, it was I always thought, like in real life, not that I ever would want to do this, but if you're like <laughs> ro- doing a robbery, that a Tesla or like, was the perfect vehicle for it. <laughs> yeah, it's so quiet. What yeah. did they? What were the Prius, dude? That would work too. You get on so, a you know, Prius. Yeah, thirty miles per hour. That <laughs> <laughs> you could go that fast in it. <laughs> <laughs> that, that car, man. But that's actually like crazy information so like people were just full sending it it's like they had dead silence popped in call of duty you couldn't hear anything like you're just oh you you look out the window before you're looking out the window like oh there's a team on us what (laughs) yeah how'd they get here yeah (laughs) yeah happened multiple times that is that is crazy so right now in your opinion like Mm -hmm. obviously the tesla car seems kind of crazy good before the it yeah. got nerfed before they fixed yeah nerfed so nerf. so like right now what do you think is the best gun in pubg mobile the best gun in pubg mobile yeah um so if you're wanting to run like a meta loadout is what i'd call it you'd run an m4 with 6x and then a ump and that's kind of that gives you because you can spray an m4 from a very unreasonable distance <laughs> and hits up um and then the ump is just the best close range gun right now or you can on air and go you can run like a, a dp and a ump um so those are the best that's the best loadout you can have for mm. sure this is this is a noob question but can you shoot mm-hmm. underwater like when you're swimming so no while you're swimming you can but, but if you go I to the think... surface maybe if nope, not even when you go to the surface. Oh so wow! They they <laughs> last week they had a um, game where it ended in the water. Yeah, that's why uh, I was asking to can, be honest. Yeah, you can <laughs> yeah. you can swim up under somebody and boost them enough to where they get out of the water if they're holding their shoot button. It fires off like three bullets, and so you can go under someone, boost them up out of the water, and it'll fire off three bullets. And so that's what they were doing. <laughs> Has there been a kill like that in PMPL this yeah, year? Yeah, there, there was one. There was one that, that game. Wow, I must got, have missed that. Some, yeah, yeah. There was the water zone ending, and he uh, he got someone with that. <laughs> I was uh, I obviously, like, shout out to the wonderful casters of PMPL. They've been showing yeah. a lot of love to, like, our tweets and stuff like yeah. that. But I, awesome. I was, yeah. like, I was like, wa- like, reading through the Twitter, and, like, mm-hmm. Mustache Dave was, like, who, somebody asked, yeah. like, who won that game? And he was like, the viewers. The viewers? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Honestly true, because none of the players won that yeah. game. <laughs> that was hilarious. Out in the water for, like, five minutes. It's like, all right, who's going to die first? <laughs> yeah. That was, like, crazy to watch, because, like, I was like, oh, yeah, like, we, could de- we, we should definitely do well this game. And I was like, oh, wait, we're in the circle, but, like, the circle's water. Like, all water. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that was something. So, like, what's your, like, technique? I'm getting into, like, different fundamentals of the game, but I'm mm-hmm. sure this will be helpful to somebody someday. But <laughs> yeah. um, there was a specific clip that we tweeted out where you guys mm-hmm. were swimming through the water, came up on an exit player, and, like, mm-hmm. they were on the rocks and killed them. And, and I forget who it was, but oh, when, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, when, when you're in the water like that, how mm-hmm. do you get that sort of information to make a play like that? Or do you just guess? Or, like, what is your, like, plan? If you're, like, okay. swimming mm-hmm. somewhere and you know that there's probably going to be people trying to, like, the casters say, go fishing, right? Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. And I've seen you even do it earlier in, like, league play. Mm-hmm. Like, you survived out of the water, like, just in a smoke grenade, like, for, like, yeah, a long a time. <laughs> what is, yeah. like, your strategy doing now? Like, do you know that people are there? Or how do you even like fight that because i feel yeah. like you're just like like they say fish in water you know yeah so. so so for that particular game i'll just use that as an example we came into zone we kept the bridge a while um because we didn't want because we knew xset was on the other side of the bridge so xset usually holds a split they hold one in the compound one on the hill to the um 
west of the bridge and then one on Love Rocks that we ended up swimming up later and then one like directly on the bridge um, or something like that that'll hold different variations of that. And so when we hopped in the water, we saw as you're flying with your vehicle off into the water, <laughs> we saw one guy with his buggy parked on the ridges right there. And so we were like, our only chance is to, before his teammates get there, we need to swim up as a foreman and be able to fight him and hope he doesn't basically get us before we get there. Um, so we, you can hold your breath for a certain amount of time in game and take a little bit of damage as you're going. So we just stayed under as long as we could until we got to the edge. And then Trey and Salt went up together um, so that he didn't get a 1v1. Um, and he made it a, we, we made it a 2v1 basically on him. Um, and that's how we took advantage of that because we knew it was only one there and the other two were on the bridge because we saw on the kill feed that they were fighting another team who was trying to cross the bridge behind us after we had already sent it into the water. And so that's how you can use it to your advantage because they can't see you unless you come up to the surface to um, breathe. Um, and so we stayed down as long as we could. Like he knew we were there, but he thought we were going to be easy kills because we were in the water. Um, and usually when you're in the water, you come out one by one. But we saw it, waited for a little while for Trey to catch up, and then they went out together and took a 2v1. Um, and as far as just snaking in the water, there is no there's no real way to do it properly. Um, you just keep your head down as long as possible um, and get up here and there and wait for a couple people around you to die or get shot um, so that maybe they think there's no one left in the water. I mean, that's your only... That's your really only hope. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that and was like, okay. They're all gone. We can move on. Yeah, yeah, that's your best. That's your best chance. Yeah, that was that was crazy. Like you survived so long, like yeah. solo doing that. I don't know. You had to have been freaking out, know. man. You had to have been. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. One of the, I think, because one team moved in before me, and he had put like a line of smokes down. Um, in the, the particular game you're talking about, and so after he went went up, I just waited and just went right behind him in his line of smokes and that was kind of my only only chance there yeah that's crazy so <laughs> to bring him back like that seems like some really 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 good communication to know to pop out at the same time take yeah. a 2v1 instead of a of a one-on-one -on -one, you know for yeah. you know like in i competed in call of duty so i'll i'll yeah. reference into that so like it's basically like you know somebody's in position you count down three two one go into position yeah. right yeah mm -hmm. so yep. that's like really 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 good communications like what is that something that really like in your mind has propelled this specific team to be you know at the position that they are in na finals or what what do you think are, mm -hmm. are the team's like biggest strengths right now um in your opinion is it teamwork you know is it that that sort of communication in those small like in Call of Duty and like search and story, we call them small round situations, you know, when you're in a mm -hmm. 2v2, 2v1, 3v2, stuff like that, having good comms, like, is it that kind of stuff? Or, or what do you think, like, has, has propelled this team to, to a new level outside of like roster changes or whatnot? Yeah, I think that because our coach really um, prioritized our comms, like, mm -hmm. really, really prioritized our comms over this. PMCO, PMCO finals, and then scrims up into PMPL. Like that was his big thing. Um, Cause our rotations were pretty good. And then we needed to play more aggressive. Um, Cause we, our strength as a team is our fragging ability. Um, at least for Trey, Nemesis and Salt, they're really, really um, top notch fraggers. Um, they win a lot of 1v1s, um, 2v2s together. And so really, that's our strength as a team. That and then our communications is, has continued to get better. Um, so the things that we've been working on are putting ourselves in position in order to um, play to the strengths of their fragging power. And so awesome. that's kind of what... Yeah, yeah, that's good to hear, you know, like mm -hmm. having that, that level of like help, like you said, and having that fragging power yeah. is, is probably crazy, right? Like, and, yeah. and you it's, know... That, that's been the difference in the team, honestly. And our... Uh, we did an interview with you or I did right and that went on mm -hmm, on the yeah. Twitter page and you were talking about being more aggressive and stuff like that <laughs> obviously mm -hmm. that was probably a strategy getting those fraggers going you know yep yeah no and, and our previous team like we had a good team but Trey was the only, the only um real fragger on the team 
And so to be able to bring Nemesis and Salt in and surround him with him with two other really, really good players that are of his caliber um, has been that that's the reason that we've progressed um, a lot farther than we had in the previous years, I think. Cool. So that kind of concludes our PUBG Mobile esports talk. Um, right. For our casual viewers or people that are UIU fans that don't mm -hmm. necessarily know anything about PUBG Mobile or mobile esports yeah. or really maybe even mobile gaming in general, right? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. What is kind of like the preferred setup for a prof for professional player? Is it like iPhone or is it kind of a mixture, right? Is there like audio devices yeah. that are preferred? Is there mics that are preferred? Anything like that would be, I think, helpful coming from you. Yeah. So, um, one of the big, th uh, one of the things that a lot of players have, it's iPhones. Mm, I'd say 85% of the um, players in PMPL uh, use iPhones just because for whatever reason, the PUBG mobile at least runs better on an iPhone. Um, because I tried other phones um, and they just didn't, they weren't nearly as good. Yeah. And so PUBG Mobile doesn't have any frame drop or anything with an iPhone. Um, headphones, it just depends on who you are and what you prefer. I, I prefer in-ear like these. I don't like the um, the headsets that go kind of over overhead, over ear headsets. Um, so in-ear is what I prefer. I got these from one of my previous players kind of showed me these and they've been the best. $50 I've ever spent <laughs> as far as headphones go. Um, best set I've ever used. Um, that's not over your headphones. Um, so just a good, just something that your mic doesn't cut out. Um, Cause that we've had problems with that in the past with guys who have horrible mics and that's goes for any esport. Uh, <laughs> that's not just mobile gaming. Oh no. Um, but usually an iPhone is your best bet. You need some kind of splitter. Um, so you can charge and uh, have your headphones plugged in at the same time. Yeah. Um, unless you're a Bluetooth guy, which I don't know of anyone who is, because you this sound just kind of gets messed up sometimes. But anyway, um, so you have a decent splitter that's going to actually last you more than a couple days, and then <laughs> most of the guys have either a fan um, that they set behind their phone or an ice pack or something that they set their phone on after the game, um, just to kind of keep yeah. it cooler because it doesn't have. A built-in fan like most pcs or laptops or anything so right. you need something that you can use to cool it down because once it starts getting too hot you start it, it dims itself and you don't have any control over that and that's the last that's the last thing you want yeah to dim itself middle mid game <laughs> yeah or like don't put yourself on dn do not disturb and next thing you yeah. know you're getting a call <laughs> yeah that that's actually the worst um or a low low power mode comes on halfway through a fight and you're like oh cancel cancel <laughs> Does, had that happen so, before. so there is some things that override the game like a call yeah yes no there if you don't um what is it called there's a mode you can put your phone in that you don't take calls you don't take it doesn't take text message messages or any alerts and so that's what i put mine in um I don't remember what it's called have you ever had something like that happen where like yes. one of your teammates gets a call mid-game yeah. Yeah, no. Yeah, we had it happen. I had it happen to me. It was, a, I don't know, it's been a little while ago <laughs> or something. It was before PMCO or anything. I was playing and then someone called me mid-game and I forgot to put my phone in like do not disturb mode, basically. And I come back and we're all dead. I'm like, nice. <laughs> That's just great. Um, or you can get a call and lose comms to the game and that happens too. Oh yeah, so the, gotta... so the comms is is not it's not like Discord. It's like inside the game, right? Yeah, inside the game. Um, Discord. You need an extra device in order to use Discord and um, PUBG yeah, Mobile. that'd be too hard then. It would. Yeah, your computer. Yeah, it just wouldn't work. Yeah, your phone might start on fire if you like try to do that. Oh, thing. If you because they've already <laughs> they already have us running an anti cheat app and PUBG Mobile, and then you play Discord on top of that, it just it just wouldn't work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And just blow up. Shout out anti-cheat, though, because yeah. <laughs> that would be horrible if you had to play a pro league without, or even just like... Yeah. Anything without it's kind of a little well, suspect. <laughs> there is, you know, there's some games that don't, so you should be thankful that you do uh, have it. I, yeah. I, I'm very thankful. As much yeah. of a pain as it can be sometimes, I'm glad it is there. Cause you yeah. never know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sad as that is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, people do that kind of stuff all the time. Exactly. So. Exactly. But yeah, that's basically all I had for today's episode of Got UIU. Drew, did you have any sort of comments, remarks for the for the people out there or for Jag? Uh, no, I think it's really great to get to learn more about Jag and just uh, your journey, also mobile esports in general, and more yeah. specifically PUBG mobile. And I think, uh, yeah, I mean, Hunter have been messing around with the game, but I think it's something. <laughs> hopefully, everyone should give it a try. It's a I think maybe one of the reasons also why it, iPhone works the best is that's like the probably the biggest uh, consumer base, right? So yeah, no, I mean, it, it is ex- based, and, just based off accessibility, right? Like pretty much yeah. everybody these days has a phone. So. Everyone's an iPhone user now. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then there's there's a couple other phones here and there, but you're not gonna have that day to day anyway. So it would be yeah, just PUBG Mobile, which some people have some phones like that, but they're still iPhones even then. Mm, I see. Cool, cool. Well, good luck this uh, weekend. Thank you. I guess Thank starting you. tomorrow, mm-hmm. we'll be yep. watching and cheering on. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely be watching, cheering you on. I get, I get really mm-hmm. like at the beginning of the pro league and stuff like that. I got really, really nervous all the time because I didn't know what the <laughs> hell was going on. Yeah. And now I, I, I downloaded the game and it took me and a little while, but I got my first kill. Like, nice. Yeah, dude. Like going <laughs> from. PC like console shooters, I can do those. Ooh. I've never played a mobile game, so I was so bad, like yeah. so bad. It was it was really really hard. So that yeah. day I developed a new level of respect for everybody. The different skill it's gap. Just it is different. Yeah, because I started off just when I was younger. I was con- I played console all the Call of Duties, um, and then moved into kind of Counter Strike mm. and mm-hmm. stuff like that, and then from there over into mobile gaming once my laptop kind of started going downhill and i was like oh i got a phone so why not do this <laughs> mm-hmm. and then kind of got into the competitive scene after that so yeah I, i've been all around but i don't know it's just once you get the feel for it it's just like anything um it gets you get used to it yeah did you yeah, like compete in any other started. games before this no no i didn't i got to where i was pretty good in um rules of survival um but it was never competitive um, or anything. So I, PUBG Mobile was my first competitive like eSport. That's interesting. That's very cool. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, Jack, it was really cool catching up with you and talking about some PUBG Mobile eSports. Yeah. It might have been some some easy questions from me for <laughs> some of the viewers, but hopefully I was useful to some other people. You were definitely mm-hmm. useful to to everybody. So I appreciate yeah. it. And I appreciate everybody for tuning in to Got UIU episode 11 featuring Jag. We'll see you guys on the next episode. Thank you very much, and I love you all.